Broadcast live on D20 Radio's Justin TV channel. You're listening to the Order 66 podcast. Brought to you by Gamer Nation Studios, D20 Radio, and MapsOfMastery.com. Welcome back to the Order 66 podcast. This is the early morning hours of January 7th, 2013. We've just concluded our show, episode number two of the Order 66 podcast. I'm GM Dave, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed our show with Sam Whitworth and Chuck Hurstis. It was um, epic, to say the least, talking about the Edge of the Empire beginner game. Uh, we turn our sights now to the second part of the celebrity game that uh, we talked about on the show. If you have not listened to the first uh, session, the first part of the first session, um, it would be wise for you guys to stop the podcast now, uh, back up a couple of episodes and listen to live play episode number one, uh, which this amnesia game kind of takes hold and uh, you won't be kind of left wondering what's happened. So uh, if you guys haven't already, please go back, listen to that first live play episode and then pick this guy up again. Um, to set the stage, we've got Sterling Hershey, Chris West, Andy Hurley, and Dominic Crawford, four longtime contributors to the D20 Radio Network. And you guys all know who they are, of course. Uh, Andy Hurley, the uh, musician, rock star, for uh, the drummer for Fallout Boy. Chris West, noted cartographer. Sterling Hershey, one of the developers of the game. And Dominic Crawford, a two-decade veteran DM and GM for uh, all kinds of systems. And you guys have seen him uh, at Gen Con. And uh, with that, I will turn it over right away to Mr. GM Chris, my other host, the co-host of the Order 66 podcast, as he introduces the second part of the first session of the Celebrity Game. And you guys enjoy it. We'll see you on the other side. And you guys take care and enjoy. What is up, Gamer Nation? GM Chris here, welcoming you back to the second half of the first session of the Order 66 podcast, Edge of the Empire Beta Celebrity Skype Game. Those who tuned in last episode will recall our players, Sterling Hershey, Christopher West, Andy Hurley, and Dom Crawford, three of whom had never played the system before, took on the role of PCs suffering from amnesia, most likely induced by a gas, perhaps triggered as a part of a security system. This commando group found themselves inside of a massive vault of credits and valuables. Clearly a team, but with no memories of who they are who their companions are, or what their mission here was. As the adventure continued, the heroes were besieged by security forces and made their way through what they discovered was most probably a space station, with a bomb on board. Quite probably set by them. With warning klaxons blaring and personnel struggling to get off the station, the heroes find themselves in quite a pickle. Alright, so you guys come into what is a, a, a docking bay, and you guys see it extends to the north and south vastly. So you're now, you can see a uh, huge, you can finally see you're on a space station. Um, ahead of you are, are very large energy shields that stare off into the black of space. Um, and you can see it's sort of, it's sort of this is clearly a, a ring of a space station uh, because you can see the north and south, the ring just extends and people are screaming and running and charging and trying to get to ships and get off this place. Um, uh, 
you can see there's there's ship docks everywhere. There's also uh, you know armaments. It looks like I mean this place looks like it's heavily defended. Uh, you can see uh, power conduits and huge cables leading to to massive point defense weapons that are built into the station. Um, and moving towards you with uh, or moving around you with speed are lots of different people, and uh, you see. A group of droids. Are all of these doors open? Uh, currently, yes. So here at the doorway, um, uh, as you guys run, people are just shouting everywhere. They're screaming. They're going crazy. Um, and uh, there is a what looks like a uh, well, he looks like a, a, a pretty wealthy fellow. Um, he's dressed in a very dapper suit. He's a Duros. Um, and as you're sort of enter the door, um, he points at, he, he sort of stares in your direction and he go and, and just stares at the four of you and goes, Colonel, what are you doing here? And then just sort of breaks off and he sort of scans the entire group and then just sort of starts backing off this way. Oh, could we tell who he was looking at? Uh, you can give me a perception check if you would like. I would like. Let me know when you've built your perception pool. I'll give you the difficulty. I have a perception of two and a cunning of two, which means I roll yellow. Two yellows. Yes, sir. Then I'm red. All right, difficulty is not going to be easy. This place is screaming, shouting. He was a good long range away from you guys. I'm going to say this is definitely going to be a daunting task. That is four purple dice. Can other people do that roll as well? Anyone who wants to. I'm in, like Flynn. I'm in. I'm in, too. All right. Now, if only I knew what I rolled. <laughs> I have three threats and a failure, so I've unable to tell. Who no you, clue who he was, talk- no who he was clue talking to. Who he was talking to. Wes, what about you? Uh, I have no success or failure. They canceled out, but I am left with two threats. Yeah, unable to tell. What are the challenge die? Uh, I'm putting four purple challenge, four purple difficulty dice. Difficulty, yeah. I got one success and four threats. Okay. Andy? Uh, um, it's looking like... Cancels that. So, two success and one threat. Okay. Chris really wanted to mess with us, we would all be colonels. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I am whispering in uh, in the chat to the two people who succeeded. For our listeners on the podcast, I whispered that the Wookiee was the one the Duros was referring to. Andy, Dom, did you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> he's sort of, so, he's... Uh, hmm? Go ahead. 
tell can I tell everybody? <laughs> you can do you you can do what you can do what you want to do. I'm gonna step over s- slowly over here. <laughs> oh, by the way, as you guys get to the hangar, you guys can see um, on the ships there's insignias everywhere, and there's people running around. That insignia I was telling you about. Um, I mean, it's 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 on the on the fins of, of the ships that are leaving. Uh, you're seeing it on the wall. Um, do you guys want to know what it looks like? Yes. Yes. Uh, it looks like this. Uh, uh, All right. Um, it's a black hmm. sun. I, I suspected when I heard the description earlier, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you guys, uh, without suspension of disbelief, uh, I mean, you guys love your Star Wars junkies. You know this symbol. Uh, it is the symbol of the Black Sun Crime Syndicate. Um, and if it's not obvious from the security uniforms and the <laughs> emblems on the ships, you're on a Black Sun station. I can't be good. No. We got some balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. I'm suddenly more proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the task at hand. Um, this dapperly uh, dressed uh, Duros uh, steps back into the shadows somewhat and sort of moves out of your field of vision. Um, and uh, <clears throat> one of these guards kind of steps forth, um, and you hear the Duros say, "Say, deal with them." Um, people are racing to get off this ship, off this station, man. And you see, the last of the ships are going ahead of you. A good way is you see four fighters. Um, in this area over here on the uh, southwest corner of the map. Uh, just in the distance, you can see they look like they're old uh, uh, Z95 headhunters. Um, and they have the Black Sun insignia on them. Um, but the reason it doesn't appear that anyone's taken them is because, as you can see, there is a security field, uh, this red line, uh, that is blocking uh, them off both, uh, both here um, and uh, across from it there. Uh, <clears throat> there is a, a tactical station in the center of the map, of course. Um, but, you know, aside from the dude in front of you, that appears to be a fairly straight shot. Um, yeah, so uh, at this point, guys, um, I've given you a lot of information. You've had a lot of time to analyze a lot of different things. I'm going to get some initiative checks from you now. Uh, but I will allow you to use either Vigilance or Cool. Uh, it's a very hectic situation, but I think you guys have some good time and have some good information to plan what you want to do as well. So I, I kind of leave that up to you. My uh, Cool is the same either way, too. All right. We'll go I'll ahead. get another one for present, so I'm, I'm all about it. All right. Ooh, I, I get a boost out of Vigilance. Not a little, you know what I mean. Yeah. Go ahead and give me the give me the give me the rolls. I'm gonna call mine. A, I'm gonna call mine a cool roll. Okay. Just because it's cool. It's cool. One success, four or advantage. Got it. I got three advantage, and that's it. Ooh, zero three. Okay. Three success, two advantage. Wow. And I just have three success. Just. Oh, just, yeah. Mm. 
Yes, three success. Oh, muffin. All right, so it looks just like... so I understand this correctly, do you rank them in order of successes first, and then uh, break t- ties with advantages? Ties with advantages. That's correct. Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. As you guys have played a little bit and progressed, I mean, is it is it coming a little more intuitive in terms of crafting the dice pools and interpreting the results? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really impressed. Actually, I, I like the. The, the the way you've described how uh, opposed roles you, you essentially take the the dice pool of one and and counter out the other one that it's intuitive I like that good it I was a little leery doing this online because you know when I'm explaining it to someone over a table it's a lot easier um, yeah but you know I, the, the, that's excellent good news okay well we have two PCs yeah when we were first play when, when, when we were first playtesting this uh, I mean way back. Earlier this year, we the first time we really played was also over uh, over Skype, and uh, we didn't have some of the map tools. But uh, it made it very it made it it did make it chall- more challenging to describe the dice, just because everybody was uh, a bit unfamiliar with it, and um, also so we, <laughs> we kept changing the name of the, of the dice and symbols. So <laughs> oh, there was some uh, confusion oh, along the way, but eventually we got it worked out. Well, see. Why would you do that to yourself? Well, because <laughs> just one of those things as things progressed, you know, it's like, oh, this works out as a better name or oh, this, you know. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> all right. Uh, we have two PCs going before uh, our, our guard friend here. And this man, as he has come into view, he does have a Vibroax strung across his back, but he has a heavy blaster rifle drawn. Um. And we have two PCs. Who wants to go first? Um, I will. All right, go for it. All right. Cur- so, currently, you are so, at. Um, I-, I would say Sterling, you are currently at about. Uh, eh, I'd say you're at about medium range from him. Okay. In terms of range, this is the guy you're talking about. Uh, this, this, this bloke right here. <laughs> Let's just all ping him. <laughs> wow. We all seem to have the same delay on the, our 20, on the roll 20. Ping, ping, ping. Yeah, I would say he's at, he's okay. at, he's at medium range for me. Right. Well, I'm going to go charging forward to about here and fire. All right, go ahead and... All right, fantastic. <clears throat> That'll put you at uh, at short range. Okay. And let me know when you're going to be adding in your difficulty. I've got a few surprises for you. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, due to the range, it's just going to be one purple, but I'm going to spend the destiny point and upgrade that to a red challenge dice. And okay. he is also wearing armor. He's got some defense. So you're going to add one black setback die to your pool. That's how armor okay. works in this game, guys. Real armor. <laughs> All right. Man, you guys have a bevy so, of destiny. So one red, one red, one black. Uh, one red, one black. That's correct. Yep. Yes. You guys got five destiny points sitting up there pretty. Do you guys all see the destiny points at the top of the map? See it up, man. All right, cool. <clears throat> yep. 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 And I have a hunch we're going to need them. Okay, let's see here. 
Two successes, two advantage. Wow. All right, so... Uh, I... That was a low roll for, roll for me. <laughs> I say this with much love. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, so... Uh, I actually had two blank dice, so, you know. <laughs> What's your damage? I know you got the bonus from your point blank, and then uh, you get an extra one from your, your one above success. Okay, my damage is nine. So it'll be a plus three. Uh, so you're looking at 12, 12 damage. Yeah, you know what? I want to use... Oh, wait. No, it's just two, two advantage. Sorry. Okay, darn. I was right. going to be able to do a crit for a second. Aww. What do you want to do with your two advantage, sir? Um... <laughs> okay, uh, I'll just give a boost die to the next... The next... Uh, you can get you can give it to somebody else. Oh, I, you can also give it to yourself. To, if you, I mean, keep that in mind too, guys. For uh, for so basically, I mean, and the book kind of lays this out. One advantage can give a boost to the next allied character's check. Two advantage can give a boost to any allied character's check or yourself on your next turn. Uh, just keep that in mind too. So you want to go ahead and give it to uh, the next ally, Sterling? I'm so awesome. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right, well, we have uh, one more PC acting before this fellow does. Uh, who is that going to be? I have an idea. <laughs> I'll tear it. Well, I would like to run up to the uh, that rack of, of missiles along the wall uh-huh. and use my mechanic skill to arm, arm one. Can I do that? Uh, potentially, yes. Uh, how would you, I mean, would you want to set this on a time delay? Would, what would you want to do with it? No, I'd like to set it to explode on impact. Basically, <laughs> hit something. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right, man. Um, this ain't going to be easy, uh, but go ahead. You run up and give me a, give me a mechanics check. Can I, I wrote you to suddenly of... look very nervous. <laughs> as he remembers that the Wookiee was also responsible for the door and the turbo lift. And I'm still... This is true. really close to him now. This can is I very blow true. a load of destiny? Uh, you, abso- you, you absolutely like can. i a destiny point. All right, so, <laughs> so uh, destiny point will upgrade your check. So what's your mechanics check normally? All right, my mechanics check is uh, I have a rank of three, and it's... In- intellect, so uh, I'd be one green and three uh, yellow. So an upgrade would mean Correct. four, yes, so an upgrade would mean that you'd just be rolling four yellow. You, you upgrade the green I, to a yellow. I'm kind of okay with that. Alright, then the destiny point... You can use that boost die, too. That's true. So, Ooh. so throw, together, throw together those four yellow, the blue boost, and for your... Um, uh, for your your difficulty, forgive me. I'm just adjusting the destiny points here. There we go. Yay! I have some back. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> uh, for your for your difficulty, oh God, man, th- this this ain't gonna be easy. Um, I'm gonna say this is a pretty daunting task. So I'm glad you did this. Um, I mean, being able to disengage the safety protocols on a missile and arm it to go off you know uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna make this a pretty daunting task man i'm gonna say i'm gonna say four uh four purple 
difficulty dice. Oh, I was hoping you'd say black. Well, that's just... The, I have gearhead, which would th- that's remove d- all black. That's just <laughs> the difficulty. Um, that's, okay. just, that's just the raw difficulty. Uh, due to the frenzy of the situation, I would definitely add a black in, but I, I apologize, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this proactively for you. Uh, but yeah, I would normally have added a black in for that situation, but you have gearhead. All right. So my dice pool consists of four yellow, four purple, and one blue. That's uh, uh, the the odds. May the odds be ever in your favor. They are. All right, here we go. Uh, oh my. Let's see. I'm looking at two success, three successes. I'm sorry, uh, three successes. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six advantage, but those are canceled out by seven threat. All right, so you're looking at one threat and and then several successes, correct? Three successes, yes. Ooh. Okay. Um, all right, uh, here's what I'm going to say, man. Um, I think you succeeded in turning this into a, a an impact-driven warhead, but you had to kind of maneuver around it uh, in order to access the appropriate components. Does that make sense? Uh, um, so I, I'm putting myself in an awkward position, you mean, to reach that? Or? Uh, yep, and basically what that means is that you're going to be moving out of cover. Um, in fact, you are basically dead in front of the missile right now, and that is going to be the result of your threat. <laughs> okay. uh, you are currently not engaged with this fellow in front of you, but he is at short range. Um, I look over my shoulder at, at this guy. I, I'm going to look over at him and, and just kind of smile a toothy wookie grin and, and, and say, you better run, son, and hope he understands Shri Wook. All right, well, you, you roar and growl in your guttural wookie ways, um, and that, <laughs> that is your turn, sir. Um, okay. All right. Can I, I spend uh, two strain to take another action with it? Uh, just a maneuver. It's not going to be enough to throw it or do anything like that. Maneuver is a very simple thing. It's okay. qu- the equivalent of a move action in Saga Edition. All right. So I can't actually throw the missile. Negative, sir. I, w- I would. I would definitely. I would definitely count that as a full as a full action. Okay. Even if I'm not throwing it at an actual enemy. Yeah, uh, dude. One action to <laughs> one action to rewire a missile. <laughs> okay. I think is pretty generous <laughs> on my part. All right, all right. Cool. <laughs> Can I? And and you and, and I, I will say you, uh, you need to thank you need to thank the maker that you did not roll any uh, any serious uh, uh, any any higher threat than what you than what you did. <laughs> I, I am. I'm thanking the maker, and yeah. I'm thanking you. <laughs> um, okay, so that was uh, it's his turn now, and uh, he finds himself extremely threatened by you. <laughs> really. And so he is going to level that blaster at your uh, at your midsection, and he's going to pull the trigger uh, like he's uh, like, like he's like he's squeezing an, uh, a banana out of its peel. That's a horrible, horrible analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. All right. <laughs> Let me get his dice up. Wow, here. this can only end in tears <laughs> or an ice cream sundae. <laughs> I'm not sure which. <laughs> I already have uh, one of my notable features is underneath the vest uh, covered in tools and equipment. I've got a vicious scar along my side where much hair is missing. I think it's going to be getting bigger now. You want to spend a destiny point to upgrade the difficulty of his check? Right now he's sitting at one purple die. I, I do want to 
uh, upgrade that if I can. Okay. If if that's okay with everybody else, I don't want to spend all our destiny in one spot, but we that would pretty, restore the balance. Yeah, we have a lot. I would do that. I don't want you to blow up near me, so yes. <laughs> oh, by the way, self-serving, but is the the human uh, still holding on to my fur and tagging along really close to me? Oh no, not after <laughs> I, what I what I think I know. <laughs> All right, here. Whoa. Okay. All right. Um, by the way, Chris, I didn't hear. Are there other enemies in that room now that I can see further into the room? Um, from what you can see in that room, no, there are not. Okay. Just him. Uh, and the, the Duros is gone. You don't see him at all. Uh, all right. All right, well, uh, I hit you, dude, and I, I had a triumph as well. Uh, so that is going to be... Ooh. Oh, Wow. That's gonna be twelve. That's gonna be twelve. No. Oh, there's a cancel out. Okay, yeah. That's gonna be twelve damage, Chris. Twelve wounds. Well, yeah, but don't forget to <clears throat> you got to subtract your soak. Don't forget about that. Right. So that's six. That's half. So I take six wounds. You take six wounds, and I'm gonna use my triumph uh, to crit you. Ooh. Okay. So, so one of the things I've really enjoyed about this game is that critical hits return to the good old days of uh, of tables. Uh, there are critical hit tables in this book. And I'm about to roll some percentile dice to see what I just did to you. Oh, your you know die socket is going to be fucked. <laughs> as long as it doesn't drop the, what I'm holding. Actually, I'm not even holding it. I'm working on it. But... Okay. Oh, hey. hey. I, um... I don't want to fall onto the warhead now. That'd no, be no, bad. No, you don't. By, by the way, Chris, if you take a, another critical hit later on, he adds 10 to the roll for each, each previous critical hit. So it gets oh. progressed. Yeah, it gets progressively worse the more crits you have. Oh, um, no. Also, I, I, Chris, I apologize. I forgot to tell you. Um, I need you to give yourself one more wound than you gave yourself. Okay. Um, his heavy blaster rifle has the pierce one quality, which means he ignores one point of soak. All right. Then I, I am now up to nine wounds. Out of, That's half of them. Yeah. Ooh, 85. Let's see what that... That's high. Let's see what 85 is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, sir. Um, in some area of your character sheet, I want you to write uh, critical injury. Um, I want you to write the word wind. Okay. I want you to write the word winded. Crit injury. Winded. winded. Until the end of the encounter, you cannot voluntarily suffer strain to activate any abilities or gain any additional maneuvers. Oh. Um, he, That's harsh, but it could be a lot worse. He, he knocked the wind out of you. Yes. Now, that, that penalty, sir, only lasts till the end of the encounter. Um, however, that critical injury will stay with you until you have it healed by a medical professional. And as Sterling mentioned, um, any additional crit against you will get a plus 10 to the percentage roll because of that. And that's cumulative. So <clears throat> Now, that, that hurt a lot. Well, at one, one, oh. 151 on the percentage chart is dead. So... <laughs> and below that are things like, oh, uh, you're going to die in one round, you're going to bleed out, uh, you lose a limb, <laughs> <laughs> things like that. All right. I have two stim packs in my That's personal funny. here. Will that in any way abate or eliminate the winded thing? Ah, good question, guys. Stim packs do not abate any critical injuries. Stim packs simply heal wounds. Uh, the first stim pack you inject in a 24-hour period um, uh, it heals five 
wounds. Uh, the second heals four, the third heals three, and so on and so forth. Um, so obviously you can only take five a day. But it's a, it's a nice little little uh, cocktail of... It's basically a med pack. It's a little cocktail of, of drugs and other things that you just inject to yourself in a <laughs> syringe form. Um, so yeah, if you, if you need it and you want it, there is the stim pack. Um, or the, so it, it, it is there. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. That was uh, so. That was his turn. Actually, no, that was his action. As his turn, he is going to uh, uh, get some distance here. In fact, uh, he's going to go from short to medium range and actually move himself behind some cover. You guys see him sneak around. This guy obviously knows what he's doing, and he's wearing pretty hardcore commando armor. I mean. And the weaponry, I mean, this dude's a black sun commando. He, he's, he, he ain't a pussy. Um, all right, that was his turn. We have another PC up next. Our, um, our thief and our I'm con man have not gone yet. I'm going to turn mm-hmm. to the thief and ask, uh, can you open those doors? Yes. Maybe. Follow me. And I run. I will try. I'm going to run over here and... Um, I guess that would be that would be too far. I'm going like two range distances, I guess, or so. At that point, yes, you would absolutely be going be going be going two range increments. That would take two full maneuvers. Um, now, All if, right. if and, uh, mm-hmm. so, I want to hit two strain, I guess, for to get the extra move, so that I can still do an action, right? I uh, gotcha. What do you want to do? Uh, close the door. Well, can that, I hit the door. That's that you could you could which door? The door to the north. That one. The one where you can see the battle droids. Uh huh. All right. It is. Uh, it is closed. Um, I mean, do you oh, want? I thought all doors were open. Sorry. Oh, no, no. I, I, it is now closed. Oh, awesome. Since you have closed it, uh, do you want to just <coughs> close it? Do you want to jam it? Jury rig it? What do you want to do? Um. Yeah, I'd jam. I'd close I'd it and then it. shoot. Shoot the uh, control. I, I don't do that fancy stuff. If I can't talk to it, I don't aim much good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to sweet talk it closed, so I'm going to have to use brute force. All right. Well, I would say that you shoot the controls. All right. Cool. All right. And that is your round. Andy, yep. uh, you're still back there. It would take you two maneuvers to get up to this room as well. And if I took. If you take strain, if you take two strain, you can still get an action. Yes. Try to open the, the doors to the fighter bay. OK, there's you can. You, there's a couple ways you can go about doing this. You can try and do this through mechanics or computers. You can try to do, th- do it through their system and give it the command to open it, or you can try and manually disable it. Um, I guess you probably do computers. Cause tiny bit better. Okay. So go ahead and build your computers pool for me. Okay. We got well, how many? How many destiny do we have? Uh, you got four left. Can you use one to upgrade? Actually, so I have two you got yellows? three. You got three and three. I forgot the Wookiee spent one. I, I forgot to upgrade it. Right. And you can only spend one destiny point, unfortunately. Okay, so I can upgrade to yellow and yellow. Uh, you most absolutely can, if you want to spend another. All right. One. Got it. All right, so assemble your pool. You got two yellows there. Uh, your difficulty yep. is still going to be pretty high. We're looking at a hard difficulty. That's going to be three purple dice. 
That sucks. That's really tough. Um, all right, let's try. All right. Where is it? Okay, there's one. So I have one success, one threat. Oh, very nice. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> all right. So what to do with that threat? I know what I'm going to do with that. Huh? Just throw it in the garbage. No. <laughs> I hum you're the best around. Does that help? Yeah, that should best. help. That, that should always help yeah, in absolutely. a situation like this. Totally. It's an oh. adventure montage. It's a montage. <laughs> gonna need a montage. Um, okay, so I'm going to say that you succeed. Uh, and what you guys are going to see uh, on the map here is... Um, a little something I handed you uh, digitally come in handy here? Absolutely. Sweet. There we go. Ha-ha. Oh, it's the e-web blaster, isn't it? Oh. No, no. no, just a tile no. that allowed the uh, doors to open. Um, <clears throat> okay, so uh, you have uh, uh, repolarized the security field, <clears throat> and it's now going in the opposite direction, but it does give you a, a straight shot into that bay, at least <clears throat> through one area. Unfortunately, uh, here's what I'm going to do with your threat. Um... Uh, the repolarization of the door, also, you had to reshunt some power in, in certain other places, and it basically inadvertently hot-wired the door uh, to the north, which was covering the droids, which now opens. Damn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is why we... I spend most of my time hiding behind something. Just want to point that out. <laughs> I never told you you had to stop. Kind of felt good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) You complete me. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Look, look, don't be hating. Oh, I'm trying to add another NPC here, and it's not letting me add a turn. I'll just have to discard him. No, I'm just going to keep track of it. He's got a 3 1, is what I rolled. So one PC gets to go before an NPC. This can't be good. And who's left? <coughs> uh, it's new round. Or, oh, new round. Um, but because we have a new NPC entered the end of the fray, and I rolled them up in initiative, uh, they kind of inserted themselves between the three two and the three zero that you see on the turn order. Okay, can but I we haven't a... detected them yet. Uh, the the <laughs> the two humans have. <laughs> can I put a qualifier on this? Um, I'm... Is the is that a door between us and the south area? Uh, it it well it's is that of, open. It's like it, yes, all the doors are open at this point in time. So we can't. There's nobody down below to the south of us, right? Nobody. Okay. Um, I'm conflicted because I want to run to the south, but I don't want to get caught in an explosion <laughs> from a javelin thrown Wookie. So. Um, if you give me an action, I can move up and and be ready 
I, I was going to use this thing as a lockpick, but I'm thinking it works just as well as a grenade. So if, if I happen to go next, I'm going to, like, move up. If I can click it, I can't see. Ah, there we go. Somewhere in there. And then, if I can, throw the, the missile at the cluster of, of enemies, assuming I'm aware of them. If I'm not, then, then never mind. I'll just hold on to it. You guys, Unless Andy's you, had a, has a good idea for doing something on the computer, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, if you have a plan, use it. And you guys have comlinks. I think you all are aware. But, yeah. Totally, oh, yeah. totally up to you guys. This station is about to explode. Yeah, I'd say we run for it. I'm all for running. Right. Okay. Is there such a thing as a ready to action in this game? <clears throat> nope. Where you can set up an action to be triggered if something else happens. Not, no? not, not currently. Okay. No. Um, because of the way the initiative system works, I mean, you kind of go during a round when you want to go. Uh, so does that make sense? I mean, yeah. Little, yeah. Little, little, yeah, little, little more abstract than that. Well, here's another question. I'm not entirely sure of how the ranges work. If I got up to here with a movement, could I throw that missile here easily enough to to take them out? Uh, at that point, uh, whew, I would say you would be at medium range. And gosh, for the life of me, I don't know. Sterling, maybe you do. Uh, what the what the max range is for a thrown item? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. I would say it would be... It would... <laughs> That's a big missile, so... It's got to be short range. It, I mean, it's got to be... I would say it's... Yeah, it would be... Yeah, it would be above short range. I mean, you're going to be struggling to throw yeah. it far enough to not catch yourself on the blast, Chris. It's a missile. Okay. Fair enough. I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's... Muscle might trump that, but... I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying it's impossible. And what I would definitely do, man, is I would I would have you give me... Um, I, I would have you give me a, a, a check, probably related to your brawn, to make it happen. But all the same. Athletics, maybe. Yeah, was most, I would most likely use athletics. So, okay, fair enough. Well, if if anybody else has an idea for the next action, take it. Um, I'm gonna run. So, so, so if I read the map correctly, the uh, the doors are not open to the fighters. Uh, that's yes. correct. When you when yeah, you they were. Succeeded. When you were absentia, uh, they uh, the Andy Andy went in there and hacked the system, uh, but garnered some threat, and so he opened the doors, but at the same time inadvertently reopened the doors that the droids were being blocked by. So ah okay. Well, whenever my action comes up, I'm pretty much just going to run for the ships. Yeah, I'm running. Okay, so because uh, I got a, I got a dude shooting at me, a crazy Wookiee playing with missiles, and I just don't need to be here. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Dom, if you're going to spend two full maneuvers running, I, I would say you could easily get into the docking bay. I would allow that. Awesome. I'll take that. Okay. Uh, now we have the droids. Um, they are going to go now. You know what? The droids are surprised and confused, and they didn't expect the door to open. In fact, they were readying to go run around. So I'm going to allow this gentleman here to come and take his action. And he is going to... Uh, come around, and he is going to take a shot. Oh. Oh, this is going to be good. He's going to back off. He's going to spend his maneuver to... He's going to spend his maneuver to back off to medium range, and he is going to take a shot at the missile. I knew it. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, he's going to spend a maneuver... Uh, take two strain and spend a maneuver to aim so he can hit it. And he's, he will be suffering some black, two black setback dice for that. 
Wasn't it a yep, PC action next? Um, well, no, because I introduced a second NPC and they rolled a 3-1. Oh, okay. And oh, each, gotcha, in each gotcha. round, I can okay. determine who goes where, when. You know, right, it's the same, same way you guys can. Um, good. So I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to spend a destiny point to upgrade his, his one of his dice. Done. If he's got one that's available to upgrade, he most cer- difficulty. Oh, he most certainly does. All right, I'll move that then back to the GM layer. And... Is that uh, something we can both do? <laughs> <laughs> Only one, I'm afraid. Only one. Good call, Sterling. <laughs> All right. Uh, right, this will be long. Yeah, that right, for the point. I just happened to find a blast helmet. <laughs> I just happened to find a blast helmet. And the shield is down. Who leaves that down? <laughs> <laughs> Who leaves the shield down on a blast helmet? Golly. Uh, so, so we discovered celebrating uh, not this last one, but the one before. There's a whole story. I won't do that, but um, that blast shield won't that won't actually physically re- uh, retract into that helmet. It looks like it should, but it, if you build the prop which this guy had, it won't. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, no wonder you can't see anything. Or you're not supposed to fight. It's a blast shield. Well, the, the next question is, uh, how do you know when you lower it? How? Yeah, you know, There's a whole lot of interesting discussions around that thing. <laughs> Don't question my childhood! <laughs> You better be thankful you spent that destiny point. Okay. Wow. Weak. All right. Uh, (laughs) No success, one advantage. Uh, Which he's going to (sighs) use. He'll use to recover one string. Uh, that's his turn. We have a PC next, and then the other NPCs, the droids. I'd like to run, too. Yeah. That's okay with all of you. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. Allow. I'd like to run away from this, too. <laughs> so I'd like to throw a missile <laughs> yeah. first. All right. The, th- that is Andy's turn. Two maneuvers fully moved. The droids are going to okay. move next, and they are going to make their way into here and that's going to be their entire turn is coming actually they're going to go straight ahead they're going to follow those guys coming all the way here all right uh we now have we now have two pc actions i just changed my mind i want you to go first (laughs) (laughs) oh so do i wait toss a missile in their direction all right, now, I'm going to uh, first they... toss a middle finger at this other guy. Okay. Now he, he, he <laughs> but is then a... I am going to. He they, 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 these droids are at short range. Just so you're aware. Okay. So... What is the blast radius of a concussion missile based on personal uh... scale? I have no idea, but I probably think it's going to come close to taking out half the room. All right. Well, what I'm thinking is if I throw that missile, say about here. Hopefully it'll take out all those droids, but if not, hopefully the explosion of these missiles will take out all those droids. Well, those missiles haven't had They're their dark. safeties disengaged. We'll all die. But <laughs> all die. We can die, try. Die, die. 
All right, man. Usually six against starships. We're gonna set them all off here. All right, are you gonna? Are you, are you gonna? You know, and and Sterling, I'm gonna say, considering where he was and getting out of cover, I'm gonna say Sterling that you are at medium range, actually. Um, uh-huh. in, the ab- in the abstract nature. Uh, so, Chris, do you want to spend a maneuver to? Do you want to? Do you want to double up strain, uh, to take two strain, and spend an extra maneuver to move back before you throw this? It'll make your athletics I check. I cannot do that because I am winded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that, I'm, I'm understanding that correctly, right? Uh, you are understanding that 100 percent correctly. Does. All right, man. Well, so that's going to be a maneuver to heft a missile, and uh, for your action, give me an athletics check, please, to hurl this thing. All right. I, I have before you before you do that. I have one other question. Can I spend okay. that last destiny point so that there will be a a uh, a activator for that door right next? To the Wookiee, so when he tosses a missile, he can use an incidental to act, click hit the button on the door or to shut the door between him and the explosion. I, I was actually thinking about that myself. For, for, if I wasn't for a destiny wounded, point, I was going to jump for the thing and try and shut the door. For a destiny point, uh, I, I would, you know, if, if you asked me straight, I would say no, there's not an actuator next to the door, but for a destiny point, there absolutely would be. So, yeah, if you want to spend it, yep. that's our last one, so. <laughs> okay. It's bus. it's up to you guys. You want to spend it? Yeah. If if, if I get caught in a, an explosion, I don't uh, think this character is going to live to remember his name. Right. I'm okay with it, but yeah, do it. All right. Epicness. All right. All right, man. So build build your athletics pool for me. All right. So that is brawn. So I've got four, four brawn. I'm not adding any brawl. Obviously, but athletics. No, I'm not trained. All right, so uh, let's let's talk let's talk okay. difficulty. Um, this is this is an object that is obviously not designed to be thrown in the way you're throwing it. So I want you to add a black setback die to your pool to represent that circumstance. Okay. And then in terms of raw difficulty, uh, this is short range. Um, uh, do you want to throw this thing at short, or do you want to try and toss it a little further out there to a medium range? Uh, do or, I think or, I'm or, going to or, get caught in the blast if I throw it at short? Well, I thought you'd be using your incidental to shut the door after you tossed it. Um, it's up to you. If you throw oh, it out right, there a ways, right, though, you right. could catch your human out, your human, the, the humans in the blast. Oh, no, no, no. I'll throw it short and, and take advantage of that uh, that incidental, the, the luck of the force having that control panel right next to me. Okay, well, considering the weight so. of this object, then if you're only trying to throw it short, I'm going to make this an average difficulty that's too purple. So okay. two purple and a black are going to be your difficulties. Just for the Against difficulty. My four green. Just for the yeah, difficulty okay. of the task itself and then the unwieldiness of it. Roll well, Mr. I have, West. I don't have a destiny point anymore, so <laughs> Okay, here we go. You know, wait, 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 uh, wait, wait. Throw it at short range to take wait, out wait, the wait, cluster wait, of wait, these wait, guys. Wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna be nice to you guys, and also not nice at the same time. Uh you know those two purple I, I gave you? Yeah, I want you to make one of one of them a red, and I'm going to give you guys oh, back. A, I'm going to give you guys that's nice. I'm going to give you guys back a destiny point. <laughs> that's a backhanded compliment. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so now I can use that to upgrade one of my uh, green. To no, you, no, because then it would just be tennis. You upgrade. Okay. Well, then I'll, oh, then I upgrade. Well, no, upgrade. No, I upgrade. No, it doesn't quite work that way. Or at least I don't work it that okay. way. <laughs> It's it's the, it's the it's the, the same nice action. Here. Yeah, it's the same action. <laughs> well, 
Plus, okay. plus we spent the destiny point on that switch. So. Yeah, we did. Okay, wow. so here we go. Four green, a purple, a red, and a black. Have a destiny point <laughs> to get your corpse onto this. Okay. I think we avoided catastrophe. The purple came up blank. The black is a threat. The red is two fails. But on the green dice, we've got four successes and one advantage. So the advantage and the threat cancel out. And I've got four successes to two failures, so two net successes. Is total just two successes? Two successes. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> all right. You hurl this missile in there, slam the door shut, and uh, uh, this massive explosion rocks the facility. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, the droids are toast. <laughs> complete toast. What about us? <laughs> um, I uh, leap forward dramatically. Um, the, the door the door <laughs> crumples from the blast and I'm going to say um, God, I don't even know what the damage for this thing would be at personal scale. So due to this harebrained maneuver, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say that Andy and Dom's characters are both knocked prone from the blast. Suffer, suffer one wound apiece that ignores your soak. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I think two strain a piece as well. Didn't the uh, I, I'm not questioning your ruling. I just I thought by throwing it short. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you you, you didn't kill him. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you didn't kill him. But the droids probably would have. <laughs> so. I definitely appreciate that. All right, so this massive explosion this is buckled out. This massive explosion rocks the bay. Uh, the doors buckled out completely. Oh yeah, your little friend is prone just because of the the open door from from the blast and the concussive wave. The door the the, the door was the only thing that kept you guys on your feet. Um, but that door is completely ruined. It is buckled out. It's not going up or down again. Um, so you'll have, to, you'll have there to choose. Are there are more, um, but just just so you're aware <laughs> of that. So what did the damage? What damage did we take? Uh, one wound, two strain. And it doesn't soak, right? No, ignore that. Would that ignores soak? I'm saying, yeah. I think I got the droid. It's <clears throat> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I said I think I got. The... No, never mind. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have one PC action left, and that is Sterling's before the top of the round when we get two more PC actions. Okay, so my first question is, I guess, can I see that the last remaining dude standing down there? Oh, yeah, he's, on, he's, he's, prone. he's on the floor, but yeah, he's prone. All right. My second question is, is does this door still exist? Which door? Or is it open? The one to the ta- tactical center. Um, oh, yeah, those doors are still open. Or you, oh, wait, wait, you're talking about oh that door? Yes, is open. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, flames have licked out of it. Yeah, I mean, you I know mean, what? I'm not even gonna bother to shoot at that other guy. I'm just gonna run okay. as fast as I possibly can. I'd say if you spin your full round, you can get to the hangar bay. All right, all right, I'll move you. So, all right, so you get to the hangar bay, um, and top of the round. Uh, we have one PC action. Can I have that? <laughs> yeah, get the monkey out of the way. Yeah, I'm gonna follow Sterling's character and run through the tactical center. All right, that's fine. Um, All right, so you guys run to the. I'm, I'm gonna flash. 
That that guy down in the corner. I'm gonna flash him a salute as I go. <laughs> Just, <laughs> he's he's like as an incidental. Can can I shut the tactical center door behind me as I go through there? Eh. No, I think it's been damaged by the blast. Okay. Um, but you guys make it to the hangar. I mean, there's nobody left in here. Uh, I mean, ships are taken off like mad. Uh, you guys, I mean, there's four of these these snub fighters that you're welcome to crawl into the cockpits of and hightail it off the station if you want. All right. I'd love to. All right. How much damage is in that maintenance bay as I'm running past it? Oh, it's it's total. It would take a maintenance crew weeks to repair that. Did I blast a hole through the floor even? Bits and places, yeah. Oh, good. That'll slow it down. (laughs) All right. So um, I wasn't sure if you guys were going to go this way or another way. Um, So uh, you ended up with the Z95s. So really quick, on the back of your character sheet, I want you to write a couple of statistics down for me. Oh, okay. Starship combat is remarkably similar to personal combat. (laughs) Um, all right so here's what you need to know um uh your z95 uh has a hull integrity or hi of nine that's basically the equivalent of its wound threshold it also has a strain threshold of eight It has armor of three, and armor in starships is equivalent to soak. What's the second thing that it had? Uh, strain threshold. Strain. So, so just, just like okay. you've got a wound threshold and a strain threshold, ships have a hull integrity and a strain threshold. Right. Um, and it has uh, your ship has armor three, which is basically its soak. It also has defense. Of one slash zero. And when I say slash, I mean like forward slash. So um, for a snub fighter, you have two zones for your shields. That's what your defense is. Um, and, you know, it either either forward or aft. And by default, it's set to forward. But as a maneuver, you can angle your deflector shields to one side or the other. So if somebody's coming in behind you, you can angle your, your rear deflector shields and move that point to your rear and then back to the forward or so on and so forth. Um, I like that. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoy the, the Starship combat here. Um, uh, the rest of the data I can tell you as we go. Uh, the one thing you might want to know is uh, you have your, your weapons. You've got uh, laser cannons. Wingtip laser cannons. Um... These are, look like they're heavily modified. Okay, I'm gonna let my Star Wars Laura come out here. Is, uh, is are these hyperdrive capable Z95? Good question, Sterling. These appear to have been heavily modified Z95s. Uh, just from what you can tell, hopping in, they do not have any type of astrogation capability nor any hyperdrive. They've been stripped down. Think of them as uh, as um, choppers, basically. <laughs> if if you and, if you, our, and was our rendezvous point outside the station with a ship? Uh, according to According to your your thing, yes, um, we can actually land on. <laughs> well, I'm not not quite sure, but your wingtip laser cannons, guys, they have damage of five, crit of three, meaning with three advantages you can initiate a crit, 
And by the way, Starship Combat has its own crit table, and it can affect systems and all kinds of stuff like that. Very cool. Um, range of close. It's a lot of fun. I used it a lot in my, in my adventure. Oh, dude, yeah. I, 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 what I love is, you know, you can, um, you guys can see on the on the the quick sheet here that one of the actions you can do is aiming, and you can you can you can aim to hit a specific body part or item on a person. Well, when you do that in Starship Combat, you can hit a specific system or a specific specific component of the ship. It's very cool. Um, so it has a range of close on these laser cannons, guys. Uh, so that's that's close. I mean, it's, it's about as close as you can get. And it has an ability which is called Linked One, which is very cool. Uh, it means uh, it, it's fire-linked weaponry, basically. It's got two, two laser cannons on the wingtips. What that means is that you can spend two advantage if you hit to basically get an extra hit for free. I like free. Like free, yeah. And I'm sorry I didn't give you character sheets for that information, guys. But I didn't know which way you were going to head in the adventure, so I didn't know if you'd have the headhunters or something else. Well, explain. It provides a nice little explanation for everyone listening as well. Uh, this, you know, <laughs> that thought had occurred Education. to me, Sterling. That thought had occurred. To also, me. speaking of, um, you, had, you said earlier you weren't sure about the the, the sort of rate between a. Uh, or the scale difference between a ship weapon and a personal right. weapon. Yeah. Basically times 10. Ah, times 10? Yep. Wow. So, yeah. When you deal with a vessel's weapons, armor, and... It's just always... Every point is equal to 10 points of the equivalent character statistic at personal scale. Oh, wow. Y'all be dead. But it's okay. It was fun. <laughs> All right. Let us go. That's why I waited until afterwards. You're the man, Sterling. Wow, this seems like a lot. <laughs> you man, you're the man, dog. Oh, cool. Clearly, they were underpowered missiles. Well, they were who, training missiles. Look who turned them on. Well, I, I oh, yeah. specifically uh, rigged it so that it didn't have the full payload. Oh, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> oh, that must have been it. Okay. So, so where did you get your image of the space station here? Uh, Google. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, Google. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, Google. How many people are making 3D models out of just random space equipment? All right. All right, I got our destiny points up at the top of the map, guys. Oh, we have one still. What? Oh. Yeah, I gave it. Rev- I gave. I gave Rev- it to Rev- you. Rev- remember? That's right. All right. Thanks. Uh, Let me set things up. All right, if you guys will notice that you have, uh, you actually have uh, your names underneath uh, the Z95s. <clears throat> They're on the ship. Oh, from this. Mm-hmm. And I need to give you guys control. So is that a roll twenty thing, or did you have to just make the image with that? Uh, uh, what, what, what? I'm sorry. What's the question? With the names on the on the ships, was that a roll twenty feature? Or- Oh, that's a roll twenty feature. You have to just make that with the nice. Yeah, that's a roll twenty like feature. I, I can. I'm, I'm not even showing you guys half of what this thing can do. I mean, with, with tokens, I can. I can give them auras. You can add dots if you're playing something like Fory and you need to track a bajillion statuses. Uh, you know, stuff like that. News: It's only eighty-one feet from us to that ship, so it should be pretty quick. <laughs> yes, but if we use any explosives, we all die. <laughs> all right. die. Well, we're in starship scale now, so it's much better. Uh, <laughs> Bad news: the space station's five feet behind it. 
us. They might be able to hit us. <laughs> Touche, sir. All right. Uh, well, as you guys fly away from the space station, craft are leaving like mad. They're, they're just rocketing off. And you do see behind the space station, there is a planet. Um, and uh, the nav computer, although you, you don't really have an astrogation computer, um, uh, well, I'll just tell you, uh, from, from your own basic knowledge, you do recognize the planet. Um, it's actually a moon, uh, and it is Narshada. Oh, wow. Awesome. We're starting to get our memory back, huh? <laughs> All right. Um, oh, yeah. On that note, Chris, thank you for reminding me. Uh, the two humans. Um, when you guys got knocked prone by that blast mm-hmm. and your memory got jogged a bit, uh, you started having a few images flood back to you. And I'm You're welcome. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, I'm going let, to... let him finish talking before you say that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to whisper to you real quick. <laughs> All right. It's a little creepy. I apologize. It's it's in character. Keep that in mind. For our podcast listeners, I whispered to Andy and Dom, our female human thief and our male human con man, who, if you'll recall, were pointing weapons at each other at the start of this adventure, a memory that was retrieved as a result of their jogged brains A passionate kiss shared by the two of them on a high balcony overlooking a vast cityscape. Okay. All right, so as you guys leave leave this station, um, uh, you guys are rocketing away. Ships are blasting off into hyperspace. They're they're going nuts, and everyone's trying to leave. You, You feel the compression wave as the station behind you just explodes in a shower of sparks and shrapnel. Um, I mean, you're punching at full throttle as you're going um I would say you guys are I'm gonna say you guys actually all spend your first maneuver to punch it and get to your full speeds uh I know how to set a boat on <laughs> uh, it's a shame it was a quite beautiful station um <clears throat> uh but rocketing away um in the distance you uh, uh you see a, a a shuttle it looks like a lambda class um, that heads down to the planet, and it's being escorted by what looks like a fire spray um, and another Z95. And um, as the shuttle leads to go down to the planet of Narshada, these two turn quarters. They are at extreme range from you at this point, so quite a ways away. And uh, they start flying towards you. I veto that. <laughs> All right, uh, so I will need uh, I'll need vigilance checks from all of you for initiative, please. So saving rolls in this game in this app is freaking boss. Just want to point that out. It's a good app. Yeah, it is good. It's a good app. I hate I hate rolling dice by. Computers like it's something that just doesn't sit right with me. I really like having a physical die to roll myself, and this is the first thing that has made me like glad to have an app because building the dice pools, especially, is like so much easier than it would would be with physical dice. I think. Yeah, that, yeah. When we've been using it, um, uh, some of my players, the only thing they wish is that it would actually just quickly total the uh, 
the the results. That's the one thing, especially I wish, on complicated on complicated uh, yeah results. Yeah, that's the one dice. thing I really yeah, wish. Yeah, I it agree did. there. Uh, the, yeah, we didn't. I had no idea that they were doing the app until they basically announced it at Gen Con and said, "Oh, by the way, you can download it uh, um, a, little, a little bit later today." I wish this was for Fate. That's another thing too. If they if they could make something like this for Fate. Man, that would make that so much easier. The app, yeah. Well, it's also nice. The app has the regular, all the regular D20 normal polyhedral dice in there as well, so you can use it for pretty much any game. I saw and that. I'm hoping that it'll have fate dice. But I could really do six, six fighters and just do that. They don't have fate. Anyway, um, I got three successes. Three o. Three o. The. Okay. Next. Wookie got two successes and nothing else. 2 0. Uh, I got two successes and one advantage. 2 1. Got it. I got I got one triumph and one. I'm sorry, one triumph and what? Success. One triumph. triumph. And... Wow. So you one got success. you got two successes, one of which is a triumph? And one success. Okay. Yes. Alright, I'm gonna put that at the top of the initiative. I think that trumps. So I'm just gonna make that a 4 0. Good for the PCs. All right. All right, so we got three PCs, one NPC, a PC, and an NPC. All right, so your ships are a little unfamiliar, guys, but, uh, you know, they're not hyperdrive capable. Um, And... In regards to earlier comments about looking for a rendezvous in orbit, you were supposed to rendezvous right outside the station. This place is a graveyard now. I mean, people are struggling to get out of here. Any contact you may have been meeting here with a ship has probably hightailed it, just so you're aware. Shit. Right. All right, but you have more pressing matters to deal with at the moment. Uh, so we have three PCs that go first. You guys are at extreme range at the moment. I prime the Wookiee and throw him towards the other (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) So you guys are looking at uh, several maneuvers to get up there. Um, Now, you're obviously um, very similar to personal combat. For the most part, all the rules apply. You can even perform an extra maneuver by giving your ship too strain. You know, pushing your ship. Um, the only real difference uh, that comes to mind between Starship and, and personal combat is you can't spend advantage to recover strain the same way you would in personal combat. You actually have to take a full action to do that and some mechanics check. Hmm. Or, or other check if you want to get creative with me, which I'm totally down with. So, so right. wait a second. Uh, I just want to, I missed something. So these two, these two, Ships are escorting the Lambda shuttle. Yes, right. It, the Lambda broke off and headed down towards the planet's surface. Um, it's kind of, kind of taking a long way around. And why do we care about the shuttle? Uh, you don't. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just letting you know that these two guys were clearly escorting a Lambda shuttle that had the Black Sun mark on it. It broke off, and once it left, before when it got into high orbit. These two ships, this this uh, fire spray and another headhunter, uh, broke off their wing formation. There, there, and immediately made a beeline for your ships directly. 
Yeah. Okay. Just fly casual. Nobody will notice. <laughs> Here's where the fun begins. So, firing uh, weapons are range light or heavy? Gunnery. Gunnery. Okay, my bad. It's all the same. Okay. It would be gunnery. <laughs> um, so, do you guys want to... So, we don't have... Um, we don't have hyper... Let's take a... Take stock of where we're at. We, we don't have hyperspace capabilities. We have no ship, theoretically, to land on. We only really have the chance to go down Narshada anyway, if yeah. uh, what I'm understanding is correct. Yep. Yep. Should we just land on Narshada and say, screw that, and fight on the ground, or...? I'm kind of I mean, thinking that makes sense, unless these guys are so close that they're going to blow us up as we try to land. Um, it, that's entirely possible. They're at extreme range, so if you guys wanted to run, we would enter into a chase scene. Um, but it does require a fair amount of, uh, well, it requires good piloting. And so that's a fire spray? Yeah, it's a fire and spray a... and another Z95. Well, the Z95, unless it's like really been upgraded... If we turn and run, it probably can't catch us. The fire spray, not so sure about. I don't know about the speed on that. Um, I suck at piloting, but I suck equally at fighting. I can't not, talk at it. That's the problem. <laughs> I'm not a bad gunner, and I'm not a great pilot, aside from my I'm, base agility, base agility, which is good, but I, I'm all for getting out of it. Here. I'm a trained uh, pilot, but my agility kind of sucks, so I'd be I'd be rolling two dice, one of them yellow, one of them green, and I'm not fair, terribly op- uh, optimistic about that. So, yeah, let's let's see if we can uh, beat a fast track away from here and find something that can get us off world. Yes, I kind of want to do the chase scene anyway. <laughs> Just had a principle playing the game. <laughs> let's see how Edge of the Empire handles chases. You know, I've yet to run oh. a chase in this system yet, so I'd be interested to find out. I was going to say, I haven't, I haven't run one either, so this would be interesting. And now I've got I've to refresh myself on the rules real quick and get to that spot in the book. <laughs> I'm drinking an Imperial Coffee chocolate stout, so let's see what I can chase it with. Wait. We threw Jim Krista's first nature curve. This is, I love it. It's great. Well, when I, I get an action, I'm flying back to the planet, and I am putting my shields to aft. I thought about that when he was exploding the great spaceship. I'm going to move move mine. Who's bringing up the rear? Are we in order with the chase scene, or is it just is it doesn't matter? It's 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 abstract. Um, We'll we'll get to that when we come to that. I need I need to find the rules. All right, so if you guys are going to make a break for it, here's how we're going to do this. I think there might actually be some like real trace mechanics, but um, just a quick check of the pilot skill tells me it's opposed pilot checks, and I think that's awesome and cinematic anyway. Right. So um, <clears throat> what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to put you guys basically in pseudo order. Kind of together. I rotated your ships away a bit. And we're going to have these guys chasing behind you. And they are currently at an extreme range. So I need opposed pilot checks from all of you guys. Um, 
And go ahead and assemble your pilot uh, space pool, please. And let me get the difficulty for you. That's amazingly like my pilot planet check. Hey, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's like my initiative too. All right, there's a thing. There's a theme for you. Two and two. All right, uh, y'all's difficulty on this is going to be the highest uh, pilot skill of the people chasing you, oh. and that is going to give you. That is going to give you. Two purple and one red as your difficulty dice. And he's kind of good. All right. What was and that? I... Two purple and one red is your difficulty. Yes, sir. You need us to roll them now? Uh, please do. And I'll go around the table for successes. I love hearing the little sound effects of the dice app in the background. That's great. Well, I realized mine was muted last time, so I turned it up. Uh, so you should turn mine up. I keep trying to change my sound effects so it goes from the blaster sounds to something else. Yeah, I don't like these results. Can I roll again? Negative. <laughs> oh man. All right, so let's let's do uh, let's do this. Uh, let's go around the table. Um, Start with Dom. What are your results, sir? Your stupid versus die took out all my fun, and I'm zero zero now. Oh, you're zero zero? Yeah, I was two two, and then it was like, oh, I'm raining on your brain. All right, but but no failure, no threat. Nothing. Okay. Uh, West, what do you got? Okay. Well, uh, does a despair cancel out a success as well? Uh, yes, it, it counts as a failure. Yes, but you also need to tell me the fact that you got a got a got a despair. So, yeah. Right, so, what, uh, what's your total <laughs> without the despair? What's your total? Uh, let's see. Without the despair, I've got uh, let's see two, two advantage and one threat. So I have one advantage. I got two successes and one failure. So one success. So before the despair, one of each success and advantage. The despair apparently just an advantage. All right, so zero successes, one advantage. All right, zero success, one advantage, and one despair. All right, Sterling? Um, one advantage. Zero success, one advantage. All right, Andy? Um, four failures. Oh. That's the bad news. So failure... But the good news is four advantages. Okay. Strike that. Reverse it. Okay, let's let's talk about our advantages first. Sterling, what do you want to do with your one advantage? Boost die? Um well, I'll tell you what. what? Why, don't, why don't you guys hang on to that? Uh, I apologize. Let me let's let's talk about what happens first for your ranges. Um, first of all, these guys do end up closing on you by one range increment. This means they are now at long range. As you guys race towards the planet's surface. Um, so there is that. Um, uh, in terms of the despair... Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Chris? Yes. <laughs> 
I'm going to say that uh, that uh, your speed has actually you, basically you you kind of one of your engines kind of flared out. I mean, these things are pretty old and clunky. I mean, we're talking clone, we're talking Clone Wars era here. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to say that your your speed has stalled out, and these good things have a max speed of four. I'm going to put you down to three now. Okay. Uh, which is going to make subsequent checks harder unless you spend a maneuver instead of instead of an action to increase your speed, basically. But in a chase scene, that's very difficult to do. Um, at least how I'm running it now. <laughs> All right, so your speed <laughs> your speed is decreased and you're kind of falling behind, uh, and that's a pretty big deal in a chase. Um, yes. So these guys are catching up on you. So uh, Chris and Sterling, you guys still have one advantage apiece. What do you guys want to do with that one advantage? Hmm. Bonus die on check. Uh, any other incidental? I'll give the bonus die to the next player. Is there an important point in the ongoing conflict that I can notice then turn to my advantage? Um, hmm. um, if you run a quick scan, uh, you can see. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, man. Um, go ahead and give me a computer's check as an incidental. I'll let you do that with your advantage. Alright, let me see. I don't think you're trained, so it should just be straight intelligence. Four dice. Two green, two yellow. Oh, you are trained in computers. I am. Nice. Okay, then your your difficulty is going to be uh, hard. That's uh, no average. You're using advantage. Two purple, please. Two purple, eh? All right. So I have two yellow, two green, two purple. Anything else? That's it. All right. Okay. We have four successes, two failures. So two net successes and... Oh, wait, sorry, three failures. So one net success and two advantage. Okay. With that, um, I'll give you a little bit of information about these guys. Oh. Hmm? Wait, wait, let me... It's three failures and three successes. So no successes, two advantages. Sorry about that. Mm, okay. Failures uh, cancelled out all my success. Okay, well, with that then... But I do uh, have two advantage. What you're able to notice is that... Um, I mean, these look like they're heavily these these Z95s that you guys are, are are piloting. They look like they're pretty heavily modified, but you can tell they're part of, probably part coming out of the same chop shop, right? Mm-hmm. This other Z95 looks to be about the same. It maneuvers the same. You're able to notice that, scan it. In other words, that ship is probably identical to the one you guys are flying. No, you know, pro- probably you're not going to find any more unusual weapons. Same speed, same defensive capabilities. Probably no additional upgrades. Okay. All right. Sterling, what do you want to do with... You said you are going to give boost dice, right? Yep. Okay. Who do you want to give it to? Because at this point, we're out, of an, we're out of initiative order, although I'm going to keep your guys' original roles if we need it. Who would you like to give that to? Um, I'll give it to Chris, because his ship is obviously having difficulties. Understood. Thank you very much. That's that's understood and easy. Um, okay, oh, Andy. question. Yeah. Am I still winded, or is that, that encounter done? Uh, so... You, you, you are no like the effect of winded is no longer there. You still have the critical injury, but that encounter is done. Okay, okay. But even then, you can't. You're you're in a starship. You can't spend strain to get yourself an extra maneuver. Um. Well, actually, okay. oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 
You absolutely can. You, oh, I'm, I'm mixing myself up. You can't. You can't spend I can advantage. Spend starship strain. That's correct. And you could have done. Uh, you could do that even if you were still winded. All right. You're not spending your strain. You're spending. You're 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 overclocking the ship basically. Right. Um. So yes, you I can, may have to do that to try and repair it in flight. You you very you may very well. Um, Andy, you have four advantage, man. What do you think you want to do with that? I mean. I'd like to take some, maybe. Can I have... What are they called? Advantage? The dice? Boost dice? Oh, the boost dice? Can I only get one? Um, so, different people call this differently. I, like... I would say, if, if you, for, for four advantage... Um, I'd let you, man. If you, if you want, if you want to spend like all four to get two boost dice for yourself, I'd let you do that, or I'd let you spread them out among other people. I'm fine with that. Mm, well, I'm failing now. You are failing, which means that they're gaining ground, oh. but you still got this advantage to spend. Um, he he could spend some of his advantage to perform an immediate free maneuver. He absolutely could, if he's not already done two maneuvers. Yeah, at this point, I mean, you guys aren't really in combat. It's just kind of opposed checks, right? So I would, I mean, out of combat, I'd let I'd let you get that free maneuver in. I mean, if you wanted to do something like uh, increase your speed, but then again, you're already at max, or <clears throat> you know, something to that effect. Yeah, mm, I'll take two. Okay, boosts. All right, so remember the fact that you got two bo- two boost dice on your next check. Okay. All right, I'm going to need another pilot roll for you guys as they continue to maintain speed. It's going to be pretty much the same uh, roll you guys made last time, pilot space, uh, with, again, the two purple, one red. Oh, my gosh. All right. This is good. Let's go around. Uh, <laughs> Dom. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so I'm rocking with two threat, no successes. And two threat. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, mm. All right. For two threat... I'm going to say, uh, you know, just struggling to overclock your ship. Your ship suffers two strain. All right. West? <laughs> uh, two failure and two threat. Okay. Uh, once again, two strain. Okay. Did you add in your boost die? Uh, no. Roll, Didn't, roll, roll. Apply here? Yeah. Well, it's your next check. So roll that blue boost. Dice. It's the one. It's the one for me. So yeah. And Andy, could, yeah. did you remember to roll your two blues? Blue boost. <laughs> yeah. Right My blue boost just came into play blank. Ah. Huh, okay. <laughs> All right. So two strain on your end. Sterling. All right. I got two advantage and a failure, and everything else is blank. Wow. Uh, what do you want to do with your advantage? Um, give it to Chris again. 
because okay. his ship is, seems like it's coming apart around him. Dude, that's so, Chris. Thank you. Chris, I want you to roll another blue boost. Well, no, you already you already made your roll. I apologize. Um, so you got another okay. blue. You got another blue coming your way next turn. Uh, Andy, what do you got? All right. I have two advantage and four for failure. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you want to do with your advantage? Our plan, guys. <laughs> what do you want to do with your advantage? Apparently, we should not be in starship. Uh, I'll give it to Chris too. <laughs> Thank All you, right. guys. All right. So at this point, these guys have, uh, at that speed, have closed. Um, they're now at medium range to you, except for Chris. Uh, due to your decreased speed. Okay. Uh, I am now at short range. You are now at short range to them. Uh, And we are going to enter initiative at this point. Um, At this point, the the chase is still going on, but I mean, they're they're within weapons range and they're going to, they're going to enter initiative with you Um, or they're going to, they're going to try. So have you ever heard the axiom about outrunning a bear? (laughs) Oh, that's cold. (laughs) Let's go. All right. Uh, so we have. Well, honestly, I was actually thinking about trying to sacrifice myself to let you guys get away, <laughs> like ramming speed, you know, that kind of thing. Ugh. But we'll see what, a, who has. Who gets I'm a co-op action. player by deep by by, uh, by general sense, so I'm going to end up turning around anyway. So I, you guys have your you guys have your rears face. So your aft is facing these guys right now. I had assumed based on earlier comments that you had angled your deflector shields to the rear. Yes. Um, so currently your defense would be zero slash one. That makes sense. Um, uh, we have uh, three PC actions before an NPC. So who wants to go first? Um, if I can, because it does it does not look to the Wookiee like he's going to get out of this alive. Um, he is going to uh, roar over the comlink. Go oh, save yourselves. I don't have any loot on me anyway. <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> he's going to uh, turn to engage the uh, the larger of the two threats, the uh, uh, the patrol boat, and I, I will angle my shields for an attack if I can. Uh, you'll need to suffer two strain. Well, see, for this, so the thing is, you're at uh, oh, you're at close range, aren't you? I'm close range. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, I'm gonna put you here. Then. Uh, so yeah, you can you can easily do that. Here's a further question: Can I just, in terms of the laws of physics, which Star Wars usually ignores, I would like to spin my craft so I'm still traveling backwards along with the group, but aiming my weapons at the enemy that's pursuing us. Considering your engines are are or, behind your ship, that would be very difficult. I'll, I'll let. Okay. I'll, 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 I was <laughs> just going to use forward momentum to carry me to the planet but, uh, it's yeah it's, okay it's all it's all abstract man i mean you've seen yeah. you've seen starfighters in space they you know they angle and zo- they and angle and zoom and zip like and it's a, yes. yeah that's fair a, enough that's a nice way I, of me, that's a nice that. way of me saying you're putting too much thought into it <laughs> 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 all right i need you to give me a gunnery check um but yeah i don't have that skill that's okay <laughs> you you have agility i'm assuming i have two all right, so you have you have two, um, and it's going to be a pretty uh, a pretty easy difficulty, man. If you're going after the larger ship, um, that's just going to be one purple difficulty dice. That's it. Okay. 
Okay. In that case, I have two successes, but my two advantages are canceled out by two threats. But you got I two. I would roll the double double threat on the. Uh, but you have two. Die. You have two successes. Two successes, and that's it. All right. So that should be a damage uh, on the auto blaster. Or excuse me, you have laser yeah, cannons. If I hadn't canceled those out, I could have activated right. that that uh, that linked laser thing. All right. Oh well. Well, you have damaged him, sir. Excellent. All right. Uh, we have uh, another PC action next. Well, supposed to have two blue or just one there. Uh, two actually. You want to roll it? If I, if I can, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> Oh, sweet. Okay, that came into play with a an advantage and a success. Okay, so... So that's be three success, one advantage. That's an extra point of success. What would you like to do with your advantage? Um, let's see, I can recover strain and... Can't, can't, recover, can't recover strain in starship scale using advantage. Okay. I am going to give that blue die to my next ally to act. Love it. So give a bonus to the others. That's basically what I'm doing. I'm doing the heroic self-sacrifice thing. Well, who, I don't know if it's in character for who I was before the amnesia or not, but, you know, at least I'll do one good thing in my life. <laughs> well, you know, we know you're pretty good at blowing up space stations and uh, and, and uh, turbo lift controls. Um, so who's going to go next? Uh, I am going to swing around and start attacking the uh, Oscar fire spray. Okay. At your speed, you can engage to close with one maneuver. Okay. Your ang- your deflector shields are still angled to the rear, unless you want to take a couple strain to angle them forward. Um, two strain. Okay. And I'll need a gunnery check uh, with one purple difficulty die. Oh, I keep forgetting the defense. Gosh darn it. <clears throat> Add in excuse, uh, uh, one purple and one black. Chris, do you need me to go back nope. and add that as well? No, I don't. I don't like doing that. So, okay. Um, I don't suppose I can deceive it. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to get on the computer? So you want you want to get on the computers and you you want to get on the com and and give me a deceit check? You're more than welcome to try. Yes, I do. I really do. Stand down from the colonel's private entourage. Ooh, very interesting. Okay. Um, All right, go ahead and build your pool. All right. Over our private comm link, you hear a quiz go. So this is, uh, is this negotiation or is this deceit? Oh, you're lying. Okay. Deceit. Uh, this this would be straight deceit. So you got you got your pool built. Um, uh, kind of. One sec. There we go. All right. Uh, there's going to be, be because of the, uh, the the nature of the fact that you guys were fleeing from them. This is definitely going to suffer from two setback dice. Um, but I think that doesn't matter to you, does it? Well, I also want to include that uh, they're going to blow our cover. Ooh. Okay. Um. You have, but I'm, I'm trying to remember your character sheet. You have the ability to ne- to negate setback dice, correct? I do. Okay. Um, how many? 
two of them. Two, perfect. Okay, so those aren't going to be there. So this is going to be, um, this is still going to be a, a hard difficulty, man. Uh, so it's going to be three purple. Oh, Jesus. Don't forget the one boost die I paid forward. That's true. Um, that's a blue, right? It is. Yeah. Okay. I'm just throwing them in there. There's probably a limited. You know what? Uh, I want you to take. I want you to. I want you to take one of those purples out, and I want you to make it a red. I'm going to spend the destiny point. Oh snaps! Of course, you could do the same, or I can could. only one side in a conflict spend destiny? Well, it's like it's it's for the same action. I'm, I mean, he can't. I, I, I modified his role with a destiny point. He can't modify. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So can I make you leave it alone, or do I have to do it red? Oh no, you're doing it red. Doing it red. All right, I'm rolling red. Okay. Um, well, I got three yellows, blue, two purples, a green, and a red. Is that it? Roll That's- the rainbow. That's it, man. <laughs> I'm gonna skittle it up. Oh yeah, that's how it is. Okay, I got a destiny uh, triumph. Wow. Um, but I think. Remember, the triumph counts as a success. Right. So I have um, no successes and one. Uh, what is that advantage at the end? And then the triumph counted as a success that got negated by a, a failure. Oh. But no despair, so get that going for me. Okay, so they halt their attack, and he radios back on the comm, and he's basically like, he basically says he's received conflicting orders. Um, he will escort you to dock. So, um, so you, you have he, he's not like sir yes sir you haven't exactly convinced him, uh, but he's unsure and he he's not willing to take the risk. So he's, he says he says fine, but I'll escort you to dock. You realize that will that will not do wonders for our cover either. He says he says I'm sorry sir it's that or I shoot you down. I have my orders from Vigo Sala himself. I sound very, very perturbed. At least keep a fair distance. All right. Are you guys, are the rest of you guys going to go along with this? Um, I'll, I'll have yeah. some questions for him over our private comm link, but <laughs> publicly, yes. <laughs> Oh, the thing is, are you are you guys going to allow yourselves to be escorted into atmosphere to land on a dock, basically? Yes. I mean, I think it's better than half half of us die. So, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, that was a quick end to that. Give me fight. time to try and re- give me time to try and repair the damage to my ship to get the speed back up. Oh well, that's that's just a maneuver to get your speed back up. That's good enough. Oh, all right. All yeah. Right. Can I, how much of the uh, how much of the strain can I negate? What do you mean? In case I need the ship again. We'll come back to that. Okay. Oh yeah, that's the other map I gave you. 
<laughs> All right, guys. So, um, you guys land uh, uh, on Narshada, basically. Uh, you guys are being flanked by this fire spray. As he gets a little closer, uh, you realize that this this fire spray is kitted out. Um, Lord knows what kind of defensive capabilities it has, but you spy a couple concussion missile tubes underneath its carriage. Um, proximity mine launchers, a few other things. Um, Do we just get taken down by Boba Fett? You guys land. What? You have no idea who that is, but uh, <laughs> um, so the but, answer is. But this is not Slave One. No. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. No disintegrations. We got that going for us. No oh, disintegrations. Yeah. Wait, um, no, he's probably not under Vader's orders. We're doomed. <laughs> you guys land on this docking pad, um, and as you land, uh, the fire spray and the other Z ninety five land behind you. Um, you clamor out of, of your cockpits and uh, you find yourself on a very secure uh, landing platform, probably about, oh, 200 levels up from the floor of Narshada, very high, um, you know, thick cloud cover, dark gray, bluish gray cloud cover beneath you. Um, and as you hop out, uh, coming out of uh, one of the large buildings is a very familiar face. Um, and it is the Duros that you guys spied earlier. Um, on board uh, up in the uh, the hangar platform. If you guys up in the hangar, if you guys will recall, um, park nearby is also a Lambda class shuttle. Can I um inter- interject that I would want to have told the Wookiee that I believe that he's the Colonel, or that the Duras believes that he's the Colonel? I let you do that on a private com on the way in. Absolutely. Right. Or, or do you want to do it before Colonel. before that? I don't even know what that means. But that's what they think you are, so I'm going to wish that's a good thing for us. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, can I have repaired any of my uh, trauma or healed myself with a stim pack or something on the way down? I'll, I'll let you inject one or both. If you inject both stim packs, that's nine wounds healed. All right. Let me see how much I'm down. Uh... One of them would be five wounds healed. Oh, I'm actually personally only at one wound, so, oh, they, so yeah, I they, guess that's not as bad as I was thinking it was. Um, it's about a five. It, it's about a five to ten minute ride into Atmo. You guys would have calmed down extensively. I think your strain would be at full. Uh, it would be at zero at this point. You guys have recovered your strain. All right, that's good enough. Um, Thank you. So, so Chris, um, one other thing um, for future reference uh, on that looking for the chase you may have been thinking about there's a starship action called gain the advantage on page 155 that may be what i was thinking but of. it's but it's only between it's really it's really more of a dog yeah it's it's, it's like a dog it's kind of like a dog fight dog fighting kind of thing. thing yeah where it's one where it's one where it's one, where it's one-on-one ships but uh, that may have been what you were thinking of okay well i like the little chase we had that was fun um <laughs> yeah no yeah it actually works pretty well just with the pilot checks yeah um uh, it worked remarkably well, actually. I was tracking you guys on the map and having your speeds reduced accordingly. It worked very well. Um, thank you. So uh, as you guys kind of clamor out of your cockpits, uh, this this Duros wearing a very expensive suit um, uh, kind of walks up to you, and he is flanked by six guards um, that like the commandos that you guys saw up on the station. And uh, he stares at you very long and hard. And he introduces himself as Vigo Sulla. 
He says, I'd like you to step inside. We have a great deal to discuss. I'd like to know exactly why you blew up my station. And with that, guys, we're going to end it for tonight. (laughs) Very nice. Good cliffhanger. Damn it. Yeah, I want to know why we did this. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Let's all get together. Great session. Once again, big thanks to Sterling, Chris, Andy, and Dom for taking their time to give us all a great experience. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of the Order 66 podcast, where we'll be releasing the first half of the next Amnesia session with another to follow in similar format. You know, we, we honestly expect this game to be wrapped up after one more session, guys, but don't turn off the show yet. Stick around on this episode for some more post-game wrap-up and thoughts on the system from the new players. This is GMC wishing you peace, love, and good gaming. Um... Well, uh, guys, so obviously after this, um, several of you have played this, three of you, I mean, really have played the system for the very first time. Uh, this is a little unusual. We had a lot of combat in this first part. I really wanted to drop you guys in media res um, and really get you that, that that combat feel that would get you used to, to building dice pools and doing that immediately. But we also had a fair amount of just plain skill monkeying and moving around. You guys were able to use your skills to flat out avoid combat in a lot of situations. Uh, what are your overall impressions? I like it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I like it a it's lot. Really, it's much more elegant than I expected when I first took a look at the com- complicated dice. When I when I read the dice chapter, I, like my eyes started to glaze, and then I committed myself and I read it again, and then I rolled a few times, and I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. And the first time I played, I was like, oh man, this is freaking easy. This is elegant, as you put it. Yeah, that was that was our response to you. a lot of our responses when we were first. Uh, taking it, taking it on in the design too, because it was like it takes a lot to explain all the symbols and all the dice and all the stuff. Right. But once you actually do it a few times, it's it's easier. Yeah, it's definitely easier once you start rolling and getting a feel. In I, I would in suggest I don't know what stage of development you guys are in, but uh, a sheet near the back, like something like the character sheet that you can just print out and and. Uh, used for reference that just names the dice and what they're used for. So one of the things I've got uh, that I just developed for my own game uh, for demo- for demos and for the con game is exactly what you just talked about. And I almost tried to email it to you guys. I should have tried to send it out earlier on. Uh, on the chat, it's, it's... I had listed linked to that actually on um, Fantasy Flight's um, news for November. It actually yeah. has the graphic, and then it has another graphic at the bottom that has um, what the, each dice was, the setback dice, the boost dice, the challenge die. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. that was helpful, and but it was almost, uh, at that point, unnecessary, because at that stage, I'd already figured out exactly what the names were of the things, and that took a lot less time than I feared, and once you have the names of them down, they make it, it all comes together, so... Well, there's just, there's my, my gut only, reaction yeah. was, yeah, put in something near the back to uh, to give you a boost on your first game, but you're really not going to need it after your first game or two. Yeah, well, I mean, I use it as a handout, and what I do, and I this is one thing, I always pick up dice to show exactly what the positive and negative dice is, so people can associate uh, which dice oppose what in terms of size and type, and uh, Fantasy Flight doesn't seem to explain it exactly that way. Even in their demo at Gen Con, I was like, I would, I, I would reorder the dice so it make it. I think it makes it a little bit easier for for new people to catch on. Yeah. But like you said, after about the first, you know, about the first 
when the first combat's done, you pretty much have it anyway. So, well, there's yeah. the, I mean, there's basically aside from the triumph and despair, there's four symbols. That's it. Um, and it's just you know learning learning what they are. Uh, but I don't know. I it also once you realize if you're familiar with Star Wars symbols enough, once you realize that they are actually sim- um, uh, um, similar to imperial symbol exactly for instance mm-hmm. the threat is similar to imperial it's not exactly imperial symbol but it's close um once you sort of pick up on those that also can help yeah 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 it was knowing which one canceled out the other that was the my hardest at the math part right yeah yeah, yeah. well like the failure symbol that's really if you play the uh the night steel republic uh, mmo it's kind of the dark side symbol it's right. used in there a lot yep I think cool. so. One of the things that I came away from this with is, uh, of all the beta games I've run now, and I've run quite a few, um, most of them have been mapless. It's all been in our heads. That yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's very easy to do at a table. Um, but after this experience and and other online experiences I've had, I really think this game benefits from a map, even even though it's abstract. I, I don't know. It just seems to add a little more punch to the, the description it makes things a little easier i mean what are you guys thoughts on that oh yeah I, I agree i mean it goes back to even with western games when we were doing adventures there we had maps uh, and you would you know just sketch them out on, the, on a piece of paper in front of people or, or we didn't really have the or a battle mat if we had one um and for that exact reason it wasn't really about tactical position too much it was more about just hey Here's a here's a layout of the area. Here's about where you are, and just visualization. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, hmm. totally agree. So I've been playing a lot of like um, more fate based and Dresden Files and uh, Spirit of the Century lately, and uh, so I've tried to be wrapping my head around that. What I find that I fall back on, and I think I would if I were running this, I would fall back on is more of like the first edition D and D style pictures. Like I don't know if you guys were in that kind of realm i assume that you all were um but the just like the picture of the environment like just a a drawn graphic of like hey this is like the scene from a first person view Mm -hmm. but not necessarily a map yeah well that level of detail can help any role-playing experience i think yeah the the more immersive you can make it the better and just you know chris using the uh you know the that 3d you know the image of the space station in front of the planet for this, the battle at the end, I thought that was a nice touch, especially with the ships being in a sort of three-quarter view instead of a typical sort of top-down view. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was nice. And and I'm biased, obviously, you know, professional bias, but <laughs> I love having a map. You know, it, when I'm playing, when I'm running, anytime, I love having the map there, even if it's not used for scale ref- reference and you know, minutia of tactical positioning. I like having it there to suggest ideas for ways to use the environment because that's the one thing that seems to be absent when you're role-playing with a completely narrative basis you're the the the, the weight of the, the the whole thing is put on the g excuse me on the gm to describe something and if if they forget to describe it or they don't think to include it it, it, it doesn't exist in any of the players minds so a map really helps the gm communicate the environment with fewer words and less time to get you right into the action. Yeah. The other famous thing about the Western Games maps was it was they were never to scale. Right. Yeah. It was, it was just <laughs> I just w- didn't really want to worry about it. And then, I mean, they were kind of obviously they were drawn kind of to scale, but 
when you sketch them out in, on you know on a piece of paper, it was like, okay, this is not really the scale. Here's about what we're talking about. So what the ironically, the first map that he used when we were in the vault, that was actually one I drew. Oh, cool. I wondered where he got that. Yeah, yeah is, isn't that from one of your other adventures? Yeah, it was actually um, done for the Gen, one of the Gen Con, yeah, the last thought... Gen Con that they had yeah. Star Wars. It was nice. Thank yeah, you. I thought it looked kind of familiar. It, well, I mean, you know, like I, I, I can't. I can't claim the level of detail or, or skill here that, that, that Mr. West can. Um, but Aww. what you put into it, like for all those little details and everything, that's what really makes it rich. And mm-hmm. I, I'm actually, I've been a graphic designer prior to um, my work in IT. So like I was inclined to put those things in there, but I don't know that a lot of map makers, like I'm on a, um, a fair amount of cartography boards and stuff. And there's only a handful of people really able to make a map that that's, that detailed, yeah. So I don't part, know whether part of it's a matter know. of time. I mean, I, I do I do cartography also, and for mm-hmm. various and the most detailed ones that I ever did were probably the, like I said, the 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 West End games, you know, Nebula and B, that sort of thing, where I had had more time and was able to dive mm-hmm. into it more. You know, yeah. later maps were stuff were done for um, uh, Super Nintendo and Dungeon of the Day. You know, those are much much simpler maps. Because just the turnaround time had to be a lot faster and that sort of thing. So, it's one of those things the game industry, you know, doesn't always pay the most. So, yeah, right. sometimes it's hard to hard to put that much detail in and feel like you're 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 spending your time wisely for the amount of money coming back. Yeah. Yep. So you want to hear something? But there are always maps of mastery. There, there are always maps. There, there, there are. So oh, you you want to know? As long as I live. <laughs> something something okay, crazy. Kickstarter helps that. Kickstarter helps a lot. Yeah, it uh, does with everything. So okay, so something crazy, guys, is um, uh, you know, we we had a, a schedule shift uh, just a few days before this game, and I found out okay, well, I'm gonna have to run this game, um, and I kind of had this basic outline for the adventure. Um, I put in a total of under two hours of prep on this entire experience, and we haven't even gone through. We've gone through half of it. Um, an hour to marshal my thoughts, jot a few stat blocks down and print some things. Oh, and make your characters. And then I'm not kidding when I say it took me an hour to put together the roll 20 game. The interface is so easy. It's just drag and drop. I mean, I I grabbed token images I already had. Chris was kind of to give me some JPEGs of some maps and it just, it was just drag and drop. And, you know, poor. I loved how seamlessly that map tile came on the map. Uh, right. I had never seen it used in a digital environment like that. So to see the map just bloop, the doors change directions. That was fun. That was that was interesting. Uh, so I mean, like uh, uh, the uh, uh, roll twenty has it's it's almost like the way I describe it. It's it's almost like. Uh, it has elements of Photoshop in it. There's there's layers. Layers. There's three yeah. layer. There's three layers. There's a there's a GM information layer. There's a map layer, and there's a token layer. And it, I have to be on that layer to manipulate the object that's there. But with a mouse click, I can switch it between layers. So, like all the enemies, uh, the the destiny point tokens, that one tile for the door change. I just embedded all that on the GM layer, and then it was just a matter of going to the GM layer, highlighting it you know, right clicking, move to token layer and there it appears. And that's, that's all it was. Um, cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty spiffy actually. So, Oh, anyway, very nice. I liked it. I'm, I'm interested to see what it looks like with the system. Um, 
when it's more cerebral. Because combat instinctively, I think especially now, we just kind of like go into the maps and minis style tactical almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, headspace. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing where um, where it goes role play wise, like straight role play, especially with this group. Um, you know, obviously all groups are put up together differently, but people who can really play in that space, um, I think that 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 could be very very interesting. I think that the the dice pulls seem to be really smooth with that. I feel like you could really go through a lot of interactions without being logged down once you've gotten the dice pull concept pretty now, solid. Yeah, one one thing that didn't because this was mostly combat um, uh, when I was running uh, my game at the Casey Game Fair a couple weeks ago uh, um, I really left some of it open-ended to let the characters and the PCs um, Really take advantage of the of the narrative side of the dice um, on the skill checks, yeah. And uh, it's really wild what people can come up with. Just saying, just when they get the idea that hey, there's some advantage I can spend instead of using an extra boost die. Hey, and we were getting some of that in this game. Hey, can I spend the advantage to get make this my advantage? Or you know, if I'm a if I'm a GM and I'm and I, and Chris actually used this as well. Hey, you yeah, you succeeded, but you had some threat, so you ended up being out of cover instead of under cover like you wanted to be. And I've mm-hmm. used that and so forth. But to see some of the narrative options that people came up with, um, they also one thing we didn't get into because we don't know what it is yet is the obligation and motivation side of things. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested and, to see how that comes into play. Yeah, and I had characters that were in the game going, hey, can I take on some more obligation to get this effect? And uh, even in a convention game, they were they were starting to play with that. Now, some of that were people that had played before and so forth. But, um, yeah, it's, it's it's it really opens up um, some interesting ideas. You, get some of the, you still get some of that in the game. But when people are actually reading the dice and going, hey, I can really use this to my advantage. It, the really strange dice, die rolls are the tough ones to figure out where you got the weird mixes of you failed, but you got a lot of advantage or you've. You know, yeah, got to despair, but it's success. Those are the ones that are, you scratch your head over a little bit. When I was when I was demoing this uh, for the very first time, uh, Sam Stewart was the guy who was running it for me, and uh, I was playing a, a pre-gen uh, Gan sniper, and I was making a long-distance shot, and I. I, I, the, the, the key moment for understanding this for me, understanding that concept, Sterling, was I failed. I, I didn't hit him, but I garnered six advantage. And it was, and it was, it was like, what do I do with that? And I was like, well, can I knock him prone? And Sam was like, at least. How about this? Uh, <laughs> you hit his blaster pistol; it explodes. <laughs> it's like you knock him prone. You knock the guy next to him prone, and he's uh, he's without his weapon for the rest of the encounter. His mom's prone, and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you knocked him into next week. He's so prone. His grandmother goes ow. that's great Uh, Chris Uh, what level are these guys in terms of are they starting characters are they advanced uh, in terms of okay well so obviously there's no there's no level is this the the power level of a character Uh, right but I mean in terms of these are have these guys been advanced past the starting point yes Um, okay uh, these guys a a little a little bit Um, they've got um, a few extra basically they've got a few adventures under their belt um, however, okay. I will tell you this, I, and I kind of did this intentionally cause I wanted to see how it played out. Um, they're not all 
the same experience. Huh. Some some have more, some have less. And I, I kind of wanted to and, see how that would work in a party mix. Well, and that actually uh, works okay in this system uh, because uh, obviously we didn't get into character creation, but um, basically you spend experience points to get to increase your skills and your characteristics above the base that's included with your with your species. And so depending on which um, species you are, you may have more or less uh, points to begin with to spend. Huh. So it's already a little bit. They're not all. They're not not all exactly balanced to begin with. Plus, uh, again, we didn't uh, have the uh, obligation mechanic in. But part of the obligation mechanic is when you take on additional obligation, which is basically additional debt or so, some sort of debt to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take more of that on in character creation to gain more experience points. So you're giving up. So you're 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 so you know you're going to have complications, more complications in game, by taking on more obligation. But you're getting the advantage of more points to create your character with. So there's already uh, a disparity between starting characters. So yeah, yeah. So that's like a merits and flaws system, sort of. Um, kind of. Kind of go negative to go positive. Um, uh, kind of. I mean, the obligation. There are different types of obligation. Uh, that's the easy one to, to, to explain. I mean, Han Solo owing, owing credits to Jabba the Hutt. That's the, gotcha. that the simplest one. But it could mm-hmm. be. A, there's, there's a, there are many others. Um, but whatever negative you get from the obligation, you get a positive in points. Right. So however much there, – there's different amounts of obligation you can okay. take. And the more you the more you take on, the more experience points you get. Gotcha. And you yeah, can, I'm familiar with um, vampire yeah. LARPs and uh, – yeah, the storyteller system. So that's kind of what I'm synonymous with. And, yep. and, and then during gameplay, you you get the op- opportunity to try and basically pay down your obligation by taking jobs or you know working with specific people to get to to basically pay off that debt. Oh wow, okay. And it's it's like it's you can get XP from obligation, but you can also get credits from obligation when you're doing your character yes. creation. And and that's that's kind of a. Uh, a lot of people have been moaning on the Fat 50 forums, especially about the fact that, you know, the starting credits for characters are just ridiculously low. You can't buy anything. And, you know, well, my, yeah, and I, I've had discussions about that, too, because my feeling was that they got up so low that some characters can't get the basic equipment they need to be effective right out of the gate. And, they, and what Fancy Flight wants is obviously people to spend more obligation to get to that point. So exactly. It's a, it's, a, it's a design. It's a, it's a design uh, tactic. That tactic. Exactly. It's like it's it's not it's not a people are the system's broken. No, dude, it's a design choice. They want you to take the obligation. But Dom, uh, I mean, obligations out it's there. It's also something that's easily. It's also something you know. If a GM really wants to, it's not that hard to give out extra equipment if he really no, wants to. No, not at all. Um, there's always going to be money hall. GM. There's always going to be the money hall GM, but it's like de- debt is one. But I mean, like the different obligations. I mean, like things like addiction. Um, you know. Uh, I know there's like uh, obsession. Uh, the fact that you know, just a criminal record can be an obligation, things like that. Um, and you can you can all work it, but it's like uh, in my um, in one of the first regular games I started running of this. Uh, you know, we we did it proper. They made their characters, they rolled their obligation, stuff like that. And it's like you you keep it all tracked in a little table, and before each session you roll percentile and you determine if the PC's obligation comes into play and which PC's obligation comes into play in this session. And it should actually impact the session in some way uh, and make things more difficult for them. 
but if the party's obligation and their like amount is a hundred or more, like they can't advance um, until they pay down their obligation. It's like they they can still earn XP, but they can't spend any of it at all. The whole party until they've gotten their total obligation below one hundred. Uh, because, like, you know, yeah, the people, fear people and stop threat. dealing with them. Their yeah. their reputation's too bad. That sort of thing. Well, reputable reputable people stop dealing with them. Right. Yeah. Other I, people I can might see be more willing to deal with them. That being a, a very uh, advantageous thing for for a new GM to to use that as a framework for for building things. But at the same time, I almost think that might be a bit of a hindrance to an experienced GM who wants to. Uh, tailor the nature of an adventure in, in in a way that it follows a certain arc over many sessions. If you have to roll randomly to see what obligations come into play, but it makes no sense in your current story for it to be able to, like say you're you're lost in in deep space. Well, um, no, well, the question is is what? Okay, I can I can speak to this because I actually wrote the section. Please do. I, I'm I'm curious. <laughs> um, and uh, so. Yeah, that was a concern. And so uh, what happens is, first of all, there's a there's two ways you can handle handle it when it comes up. One is um, the person whose obligation has been activated for that session actually has their has their strain reduced for that session by a few points. So basically, the phys- the, the psychological stress of owing the debt or the bounty hunters are coming after me or whatever. Um, so you, you can do that at a bare minimum. You don't have to have some big encounter or thing show up in the middle of a, of a story arc. That makes no sense. But the character's still stressed out about it, um, and if the character ignores whatever is causing whatever the cause of the obligation is for too long, then the GM can come back maybe after that game session and says, "Okay, for either because of circumstances or because of your choice, you've been ignoring this problem. It's now gotten bigger, and here's the adventure where we deal with that." Okay, I kind of like that, and in, in that it gives you a motivation to actually try to bring it back into play, just so that you can eliminate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing about the obligation is that you can use it as a resource. I mean, characters like I was saying with my adventure in the con- in the convention game, I had a had a guy that said, "Hey, we're going to do the- our ships can be in this big race. I want to take on some more obligations so I can get some cre- borrow some credits to be- place a bigger bet on our ship." And so then cool. I had to come up nice. with a way for him to take on that obligation from somebody um and uh enable him to do that. So, so then, that, if that was a campaign, then I could come back later. With, okay, you took on that obligation. Now the guy wants his money back, or the, or you owe him a favor. Now you get to go do it. Yeah, you know, that kind right, of thing. Right. Yeah, as a GM, I've never won. I've never let a system of any sort get in the way of a good story. Right. Good. So you know, they're they're. It's weird because like um, the the style or the mindset of the players that I've played with. Between um, Saga and 3.5, and what I would call a more uh, tactical game, though Saga was less tactical than 3.5 by far in a lot of ways. Um, mm-hmm. It's still kind of like I, I would say this: it's in that. For me, it's in that category. In in a less complicated way, I would agree. Yeah, yeah it was it was definitely more elegant, but it was still a tactical game in a lot of ways. So when I think of the players who are playing that game. Like I had one player in my previous Star Wars game that uh, my, my home game that um, basically had a uh, spreadsheet for every level of his character. Been there. And every yep, level, it would yep. change, right? Yep. But it would still every single one, man. He had it plotted out to twenty. He, he didn't have 
had enough experience to know that he's never going to get to 20, but he had plotted out to 20. Man, if he could get to 20, he knew exactly <laughs> what he got. Um, down the end of the road. <laughs> right? And he is like, and the minute you put something in, he's sitting there crunching, doing the math, covered in ticker tape, trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> now, that same person, however, was the most um, educated about Star Wars, bar none. He had read all of the books multiple times, all of the movies. All, I mean, like, going uh, just short of going to Celebration pretty much all the time. If it weren't for the fact that he had other um, business needs, he would have been to Celebration every, every every chance he got and all that. So he was extremely excited about just Star Wars, right? Um, I don't know that he would be able to handle this system. Because <laughs> he can't game it? Yeah, you can't. he can't let it. Go. like every well, single bone he's just a skill monkey well okay so he might well you might be surprised because there there are talent trees they're not right. like saga's talent trees they're actually more of a tree uh as opposed to saga where you could pick and choose a little bit more from various trees um so there are some and between that and skills uh what skill plotting out what skills might be coming up the only thing he wouldn't know is how much xp is he going to get for each session or each each you know how, how quickly is he going to be able to advance? But he can. There is a certain amount of planning you can do with the, with the player character, especially with the talents. Yeah. Well, I'm saying is that what I'm saying is though it's it's beyond that. It's it's the type of person that he is. He does not work well with the abstract, and the abstract is is pretty much key here. Like you you have a lot of flexibility if you can get your mind around the concept that everything is possible, anything is permitted, in that sense. Um, before with with uh, with more of a um, tactical game, how many squares away from something is exactly what it is? Um, what I can do is structured by this turn. It is on a list. Some of them are move actions. Some of them are. Fo- it's just very very anchored towards that, and the understanding that you have, you don't have a list of things you can do. That already is enough to make somebody like kind of break if they're very, very structured. Like my wife is a, a very literal person. If you just kind of throw her into that, she's going to have a hard time kind of grappling with that concept. What I'm curious about is that how many people of who like Star Wars is going to fall into this camp rather than Saga camp? And of those, I mean, is, is Star Wars going – uh, is the love for Star Wars going to be enough to pull them over? to give them the chance like to i guess grow i don't know necessarily if that's the term that i would want to use i don't i don't i don't want to make the information that that style of play is bad it's absolutely great i like it a lot but i like this better i'm yeah i've had i've had a range of responses especially having just run it run it at my convention uh we just which which exposed it to a lot of players that have been playing in my various convention games since D6, so they played through D20 and Saga, and just to hear, um, kind of get their reactions. Many of them liked it, but a few of them were like, no, I like Saga better, uh, right. or I like D6, but I've got people who still show up at the table, and, oh, I've never played since D6. You know, so I don't know anybody that plays D20. That's the only one that I can just say. It's okay, no. pretty, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's true. I really haven't, not, not since Saga was established, uh, I really haven't had anyone show up and said, yeah, the last one I played was D20. Still could happen. Um, <laughs> but um, There's always crazy out there. 
Hey, man, I've, I've got players like that in my group. I've got actually a fair number right. of players that the first role-playing experience they ever had was Saga Edition. That's not a – I wouldn't say that that's like having D20 revised or D20. God, God. If D20 Star Wars was the first RPG you've played, I'd feel really bad for you. Oh, like OCR? Or? Because – like well yeah because D, like D6 was was pretty good right and Saga was pretty good right so if your if your first introduction <laughs> was the worst that Star Wars has ever produced comparatively i i'd feel rather bad I'd there, be like, there okay, are well, people who will argue that point with you though that the there, love the, love i know people that only love RCR the one yeah the, the one advantage D20 had um was the other D20 players. So if somebody sat down at the table and had played had, mm-hmm. had played 3.5 or 3.0 at the time, yeah. uh, um, you know, they, they already had a, a base to work off of. Um, and some people, you know, enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, the, the thing about that is the original uh, post D6, we've got the original uh, D20 core rules for, for Star Wars. And, you know, it's, it's a game. It's Star Wars in space, however you want to look at it. But what really did a disservice to me directly was the quick release of the revised core rules. Yeah. And, and I, I, the thing is I bought the revised core rules. I don't think I ever got around to playing it, but I bought it and I, I read it and, and, you know, got interested in it when they came out with saga edition. I was like the last one to the party because I, I don't think it was even on my radar for the first few months. Uh, it was just, okay. Yeah. They came out with yet another new edition. I've bought two that I'm not playing. Yeah. Oh but, man, I jumped on Saga as fast as possible. I was like, I don't care about all these books. I will buy them from you. Go, <laughs> man. Once I... I heard how good it was, largely from uh, GM Chris here, I, I thought, well, maybe this is something I need to get into. <laughs> dude, dude, I, I had, I had given up on D20, and uh, I mean any D20 system until until Saga came along. I mean, I, and I played the living hell out of. Out of three o three five OCR RCR, and I mean, I I I got so tired of I was ready for something more, something different, not more different, and mm-hmm. like, and I I I'd gotten really tired of, of OCR and RCR. I mean, it was fun when I played it, but uh, right or wrong, I I just started to take the attitude. It's like, wow, this is D and D in space, okay, and. I, I don't know where that came from, but it just—it just—it was—it was just this feeling I started developing, and then I was in—I I shit you not—I was on my lunch break at a, a Barnes and Noble, and I saw this weird Star Wars book that was square, and I was you know in the RPG section. I'm like, what, what is this crap? Saga edition? What is this? And I sat down and I read it, and I—I'm I, not kidding. I actually—I uh, actually called into work and said, "Yeah, I got sick over lunch. I need to take the rest of the afternoon." And, wow! And nice. I, I I sat in that Barnes and Noble and I read that book cover to cover and then I bought it and I was like this is freaking amazing and I have to play it now and but is that is that because of your like move getting rid of uh, getting tired of RCR or any of the D twenty products is that a oh again I'm I'm using these words but I don't I don't want to put the negative connotation on it but is that an evolution is that your um is that your abilities and interests coming oh no 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 to get you honest, annoyed with the system or is no, that because no it, it's I, superior I, I've, I've thought about that no it's really not there's things that a abstract system cannot do that i enjoy doing i can never run a delve in edge of the empire okay 
I, that can't happen. And I freaking, you know, I, I love that. Um, when it comes to that more tactical aspect, which I really enjoy, I want it. But it was it was one of those things that I um, okay. I'll, 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 here's here's the best analogy I can give you. Um, we talked about this with Jay when we had him on the show, and Sterling. Sterling was on the same show. Okay, when we had Jay on right after the announcement release to talk about all this, Edge of the Empire and Dom, your comments earlier about fate and everything else. This is an indie game. It feels like an indie game. It plays like an indie game. But it's made by yeah. one of the few 800-pound gorillas in the room and with, with, with the resources to back that up. At the time, what I, what I, what I wanted and didn't realize is I, I really hadn't been exposed at that time to a whole lot of indie gaming yet. And indie gaming was, was back then really indie. I mean, it was, it was tiny. You guys remember what that was like. It was like it was D&D or nothing. Like 80% of gamers played D&D. Right. And and that's what but they also was. had black horn rim glasses and scarves. Yes, yeah, yeah, thank you. But <laughs> so, I mean, well, a lot of gamers really... still do, but they do it ironically. Yes, yeah, like like well. me, uh, <laughs> ironically. Um, but no, that, that that's what it was. It was like it was D and D or nothing, and it was like I, I don't know. I kind of so I spread my wings for a little while, and and. That that was the, that was the thing that turned me off from RCR ultimately is because it was so much fun playing in Star Wars, but the fact was it was the same. It was it was it was like why am I just not playing D and D? Why am I you know is it just the setting? You know it's it's the same game. It's the same system. It's just the setting and the material was freaking great. It was fun to play in the setting, but Saga was just a different. It was a different system in a lot of ways. What I what I want to see and what I think is going to be the the ultimate test in my opinion is if you have a party with Jedi and non-Jedi. If yeah. if I'm not just watching the Jedi play the game, then I'll I'll you know like then you've sold me, right? That's the final thing. Like they fixed Star they stick fixed Starship combat in Saga enough that it that was fun. It wasn't necessarily the best thing ever, but it, at least you could get some plausible mix of that and it didn't like kill your game completely or make it completely stupid or or whatever the thing. Okay, I want to. I want to. D six was okay, but D twenty was horrible. Right. And uh, if they can get the Jedi question, as far as I'm concerned, answered, and it feels like the system feels like it can support it a lot better. And I, I I'd at least like to see that happen. Um, if that could happen, because in the end, no matter what game I'm running, I instinctively feel like it's either an all Jedi or a no Jedi thing. Hmm. You know, like if I can't have if I have Star Wars and I'm forced to not mix those two, I feel I feel constrained no matter what. And not, what I'm looking for from RPGs is being able to use my imagination, which is you know if I want to do that, I'll play a video game. And Old Republic is fantastic, so there's no good reason not to play the video games. Um, I, I just don't feel like that's really the place for RPGs. Mm. You know, I'm here to play on my imagination scale, not on oh this platform doesn't include that that ability. Uh, well, I think I think we're gonna I don't have, have to. Video, my video stream doesn't work well, so we're gonna have to, uh, we're gonna have really to wait a few the, a few years you know, to find out if if Jedi can can go toe to toe with non Jedi in this in this particular game. But so Edge of the Empire Dom does have rules for Force users, but right. specifically like exiled Force users, like non Jedi. Um, non Jedi. So, 
my wife is actually still, playing one. They're still Jedi. They're just not. I mean, they're still power. Well, they, there's, there's, okay. they, they don't have, they don't have the full bag of tricks that we'd see in the, we see in like the prequels, um, and, and the EU. <clears throat> but, okay. but my wife is playing one, and it's pretty sick. Um, it's pretty sick. The, 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 the aspect though is, I mean, that is where all of her XP goes. That's it. Um, it, it is very, it is very cost prohibitive right. to make a force user. At least so she in- doesn't get better at mundane tasks or anything. Well, she could, but she wouldn't. But her force, her force using ability would 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 stagnate. Um, it, it's it's one of those things that 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 that's kind of at least in Edge of the Empire. It's very cost prohibitive to make a force user. It's doable, but um, with the most recent okay, well, beta update or the most recent beta updates, yeah, it's it's um, I I think it's balanced at this point actually. Well, guys, we had a ton more post-show discussion, and it, of course, has all been archived. We will be uh, attaching it to the end of our future session, so be sure to listen to that if you find this intriguing. Obviously, we have a lot of serious gaming minds who've had a lot of experience with Star Wars role-playing at the table and have a lot of things to say about the new system and the old. So, stay tuned. And there you have it. The second part of the first session of the Celebrity Game. Chris's amnesia game. Hope you guys enjoyed what you heard. And as Chris mentioned at the tail end of the recording, that there is more post-game discussion that we will be posting up as a third special episode uh, in the coming weeks for your edification. Uh, so with that, uh, obviously for GM Chris and our four celebrity gamers, we'll wish you guys peace, love, and good gaming. And, of course, we say... Keep them dice a rolling. This podcast and related website are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, the Walt Disney Corporation, 20th Century Fox, or Fantasy Flight Games. It is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names, pictures, or references to any Star Wars vehicles, characters, or other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks of Lucasfilm Limited, Fantasy Flight Games, or their respective trademark or copyright holders. All original content of this podcast, including any audio, visual, or textual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast and the Gamer Nation LLC. Mm-hmm.